Welcome to Motherhood on Tap, the podcast for mamas who laugh their way through the struggles of parenting. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela walker Hi! Hi, hi! We are back for more mommy-slash-parent-slash-kid document documentation. Wow, documentary <laughs> cover. It's 9 o'clock at night on a Tuesday, and we are very tired. Yes, after I showed up late and then I spent 30 minutes trying to figure out how to print from Sarah's printer. My technology was not being cooperative. No. But that's why we have alcohol. Yes. What are we drinking this week? We are drinking truly lemonade heart hard. Whew, it sounds like I've already drank seltzer. Hi, uh, seltzer. Yes, I have the mango lemonade flavor. And I have the original lemonade. And we I chose this because Sarah texted me and said she's gone low, low carb. And I'm like, well, these only have three grams of carbs. So I'm only on day two of my like modified low carb slash keto diet. So of course, oh. by tomorrow, I'm expecting to be like, all right, so I'm down like 20 pounds now, right? Because being the realistic person I am, I expect <laughs> diet results to be immediate and impressive well if you're anything like me you'll talk to other people and they'll be like oh, in my first five days i lost 15 pounds and then i'm like in my first five days i lost six ounces you're like i gained two pounds <laughs> yeah. thanks i hate it <laughs> cheers cheers Tink. oh that's good and only three carbs yes like i said only three carbs three grams of carbs it's fantastic and fyi the mango lemonade also only has three carbs nice how yes. is the mango? It's actually really delicious. Yeah, so it says 100 on the side here, 100 calories, one gram of sh actual sugar, sugar, three carbs, and then it's gluten-free for any of my dear friends that are gluten-free. Mm -hmm. For anyone watching the glutes. Well, I do know several people that have celiac disease. So. I do too, and it. I've seen them on the bad days. It sucks. Oh, so guess what? I have something new. I thought mm -hmm. I'd share on air before... Um, I just got diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease. What is that? That is where your body, it's an autoimmune disorder, hmm. where your body um, develops antibodies and it looks at your thyroid and thinks it's the enemy and it attacks your thyroid. <laughs> basically no okay wow so like what will this eventually lead to untreated untreated it leads to hypothyroidism and eventually like your thyroid will just completely shut down and they have to take it out and other bad stuff will happen oh no so it was caught early enough she said my thyroid is fine she's been slowly watching it because as you know from the last I don't know, year and a half. Mm -hmm. I'm always talking about how tired I am. And I was talking to her and I was like, I should not be like physically tired mm -mm. all the time. And I am physically tired. Yeah. And then I started having memory lapses. I have my hair really short mm -hmm. because it won't grow. When it starts to grow, it just starts to fall out in chunks. And mm. that's a symptom. Um, I have very dry skin now, which normally I have eczema. So I guess apparently with this and my eczema, my skin is just like, there's no moisture. <laughs> I'm getting really nervous now because a lot of the stuff you're ticking off is stuff that I've been experiencing, but Bravo. maybe the exception of the hair. Okay. But like, oh, I, even I was like, okay, so Brianna's 15 months. 
I should be at least getting some fullness back and I'm not. Mm -hmm. It's like just coming out. Yeah. So I just started the medication. I hope I can sleep. Also, like sleeplessness is also a Mm. thing. Um, There's a bunch of different ones. Like you can gain weight, like enormous weight gain or, you know, just different stuff. Depression can also be a part of it. It doesn't even have the decency to be one of those illnesses that immediately causes you to, like, shrink down to a size two. No. It is so inconsiderate. It is. I'm so sorry to hear about that. Honestly, when I heard that, I was like, okay, so it's, it's going to be with my thyroid. So as I was reading, I was like, of course it con- does hypo, which means a slower thyroid mm-hmm. i was like man why couldn't this cause like hyperthyroid and then i'd be like slimming down like girl i'm cut <laughs> <laughs> i'd be like bitch i can eat whatever i want my thyroid's jacked <laughs> Woo, it's like almost as good as having a tapeworm <laughs> gosh what's no, the <laughs> what's the name of it again hashimoto's hashimoto's okay i will probably have to ask you fifty thousand times it's like all right i know such an age and it sounds and Japanese. it happens to Get this. So as I was researching, it was like, it's mostly pronounced in middle-aged women. And I was like, ow. <laughs> like, thanks. <laughs> Cherry on top. My heart hurts. <laughs> I was like, How very dare you? I do realize that this coming up April, I'll be 39. And yes, I am middle-aged. You're the young spring chicken exception that proves the rule. <laughs> I ain't feeling like spring chicken. <laughs> Everything hurts. My knees, my elbows, my neck, my back. Yeah. I'm hoping that it will help. Because for a while there, I was like, maybe it's arthritis. Because um, that does run in my family. Mm-hmm. And she she checked me for all that. And she was like, no, it's not that. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So at least Fun. my answers. Maybe my hair will grow back. And I can just have like luscious hair again and like grow it long you're gonna come back next week and it's gonna be like amy adams red hair like down to your butt no it won't it won't be that fast i would almost bet money <laughs> down to my I'm, butt I'm, 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 I'm waiting for it to kick in and just be like whoosh and you're like hello swirl swirl <laughs> <laughs> it's called the rapunzel method whoosh <laughs> We ain't right. Really aggressive hair flipping, and I love it. Yes, get myself like neck whiplash. Oh, fun. Well, shall we dive into our beverages and talk about our documentary for this week? Yes. All right. Because I have four pages of notes. Girl, I have. Can I make a little disclaimer, though? Of course. Okay. Okay, I'll just introduce our documentary. We're watch- we watched A Courtship. Mm-hmm. It was made in 2015. Um, it has very deep Christian beliefs in it. Mm-hmm. Sarah and I are both Christian. Neither one of us are going to be making fun. Oh, you're not Christian anymore? No. Okay. I, you're, no, you're, I, I'm I, gripping for what you're about to say next. I'm I, like, what's uh, she going to say? I'm just going to say, like, what we might discuss may sound like we're attacking but we're not attacking all christian beliefs we're just gonna recap this and give our feels for how cray cray this sounds yeah it's a lot of misogyny a lot of traditional gender roles a lot of controlling 
Yeah, we'll we'll get to it. Okay. Yes. I meant to write down the actual description of the, um, do you want to start or you want me to start? I'll start. Okay. So I love, you know me, I love capturing, you know, what the opening shot or the opening voiceover of something is. Oh yeah, I wrote, I actually wrote down the voiceover. You go ahead, Mm -hmm. but I've got some things. But we open with a shot of a bride and groom who are clearly actors running in slow motion on the beach. So I'm like, great, we're definitely off to a wonderful start. (laughs) And and she is blissfully happy. Yeah, and you can tell they're actors because it's not like <laughs> the like messy but sweet happiness that you have like in the moment. It's the like ha! And they're running perfectly. They're not like me where I would like trip over Mark's feet and like face plant in the sand and and he's like still running. He's like, oh shit, where's she going? <laughs> I'd say, and I don't, no one looks cute while they run. I'm sorry. Like there's like 1% of people and they are the actors who get hired for these things. Yeah, but you notice they had her, had them in slow-mo, so mm. they probably still didn't look good running, but in slow-mo, everything looks better. It's like we have this two-second snippet that looks good. Slow <laughs> it down. down. All right, so what is the voiceover that they give us here? Well, we open up with a man's voiceover of how likely marriages can fail. Mm-hmm. Then he goes into saying, basically, you flip a coin and those are your odds on the chances of your marrying, like the 50-50 odds. Mm-hmm. Um, he also goes into how we need to protect our children. So said actor couple then moves into another shot Mm-hmm. Where they're in, have a baby between the two of and them. And they're like at a little picnic. And again, and it's just like so the over baby, the top. The baby smiling and they're kissing the baby and all that stuff. Um, So he says, we need to protect our children. And at first I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. It's like, do. okay, yeah, I agree with you, but wait, but wait. And then he moves into saying, um, this is why young women moving out, going to college, being on their own is wrong. And he doesn't believe that this is what God has intended. And, um, yeah, so that's the beginning of a courtship. Yeah, he he thinks it's so bad because when they move out, they lose their protection and they're kind of out on their own and fending for themselves. And I don't think that's what God intended. And they shouldn't think for themselves is also what he's basically saying. And notice that he says we want to protect our kids, but it's only the females, the females that they have an issue with going out on their own. Like, hmm, all right. Begin. I see the beginning of a recurring theme happening here. Yes. And so then he says that they have uh, committed their lives to Christian courtship to keep children who marry in, from ending in divorce. So they're trying mm-hmm. to keep children away from divorce, which honestly, I think it's a loyal intention. The method is all wrong. Yes. Again, if you pick out a few sentences here and there, you can put together something like, okay, yes, I can get on board with the that. The intent is good. The execution, poor, is banana pants. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. banana pants is a good way of describing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do you want me to continue or are you... You want to move in? Because uh, I'll, I'll give the framework and then I'll let you explain kind of who our main characters are. If that oh, works. Buddy. Yes, yes. All right. So it kind of, it we go through almost an entire year with the people in this documentary. Mm-hmm. And it starts off where it's summer and we're in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yes. And we meet a man called Ron, Ron Wright. Yes. Although Ron Wright is going to be Ron Wrong. 
in a lot of this. But I will let you introduce them to the nice people. Okay, so in the in the in the documentary, they're in a restaurant with another couple that has very young children. Mm-hmm. Ron and his wife Dawn have two daughters. The oldest, Savannah, is thirteen. I didn't catch the age of the la- the youngest daughter, Annika, but she looks like probably early, early eight. Yeah, um, like it's hard to tell because she's Annika is two. Savannah was thirteen. Oh shit! Never mind. You're right. Okay. Anyway, so they're, they, it opens with Ron and the family in the restaurant, and then there's a voiceover where he's saying that, um, or what is it, on-screen text? I can't remember. That secular dating is harmful, Christian mm-hmm. courtship is normal, and they work to spread the word to others in their free time. Mm-hmm. So they're talking to this couple with their young kids, and they're talking about how Christian courtship works, how you start at a young age, developing that. Right. And then I, I got to go into what Savannah says, their daughter. Yes. It's mm, just, I can't go ahead. And so she, <laughs> um, Savannah just pipes up that um, she's not going to college. She wants to marry, have children, and be a helpmate for her husband. And I love how Ron just flippantly says, you know, yeah, most likely Savannah's not going to go to college. And she's just like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm like, totally down with that. And uh, yeah, I, I have here in my notes, like, okay, here we go, rants. I'm like, but no, if I start ranting now, I'm going to run out of steam real quick because there's a whole lot of rant-worthy material in this. Yes, and this conversation gets worse. So, okay, so her mother, Dawn, says that women need the coverage of their husbands. Women she knows out there on their own, meaning they're single, mm-hmm. are out of balance um, and then the reason that you need the coverage of your husbands is that we are, from what I got, we're evil, easily deceived. Like Eve was deceived in the Ugh. garden. Just the internalized misogyny is, it's almost impressive how deep it runs. Yeah, I mean. She's someone who looks like she's a little bit older than her age actually is. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, they um, say, never mind, they say at the end of the documentary that she's 13. And so then the mother of the couple that they're talking to, um, she says she she's not, she's not sure if this is God's plan. Oh, yeah. And then they also encompass that this is all God's plan. Like, they were called to teach people this. Um, this is God's plan for Savannah and, yeah. and whatnot. And the, the wife of the couple is saying like, how does she know that this is truly God's plan? Right. How like, do you she know, questions How it. do you know that this is God's plan for Savannah? Like, what if she doesn't find someone? Like, wouldn't she be let down? And she, you know, and she's asking it genuinely. Like, she wants to know the answer. Like, how do you guide someone after that? And um, so their answer is, well, it's always God's plan for a woman and man to be joined in marriage. If that doesn't happen, a career could possibly be secondary, mm-hmm. he actually says. Um, and then their daughter, Savannah, um, just blurts out that she's going to be with her mom and dad until she finds a man to marry. And if she doesn't find a husband, she'll just stay, stay with, with them. them. And they said, that's fine. Yeah. And I did write down Ron's quote about being a wife and mother is what she what she, Savannah, is trained for. Yes. Oh, I have that. I have that also later and, later in my notes, too. And if she wants to go off and have a career after she's done being all that, you know, that's great. But that's, like, secondary. So it's, like, great. You're just not encouraging young women to have any 
unique ambitions of their own whatsoever. No. Great. Not unless their husband wills it so. Yeah. And this, and also this, it's my turn for a disclaimer. This is not me shaming or discounting anyone who wants to be a stay at home mother, a stay at home father who, you know, really feels that as their life's calling. I think that is fantastic. What I don't like is when that is the expectation and that is the only option given and the decision is made for you. And I want to piggyback on that. If you weren't able to go to college, if you weren't able to do that, like financially or whatever the reason, we're not shaming you for that either. Not at all. We're saying don't limit your children, boys mm -hmm. or girls, period. Yes. Okay. We, we made it through that. We're just getting warmed up. I'm still on page one of my notes. I am too. I texted Sarah and I was like, I don't know if you've watched this yet, but um, I'm 15 minutes in. I already am like a page and a half. So many notes. Okay. So now we go to a woman named Kelly Bogus. Bogus, Bogus. I couldn't quite figure Bog out. Bogus, Bogus. Yeah. Oh, no. It's B-O-G-G-U-S. Mm -hmm. um, this on-screen text says she's 33 years old and single. She has been a devout Christian since her sophomore year in college. And, girl, what does she currently do for a career? She's a dancer. She teaches yeah. dance, which I just love that. I was so excited. I was like, oh, she's a kid's teacher. I'm totally down for that. Yes. And she, and I guess it's a Christian-based dance academy. And so she's praying with her group of girls before she begins teaching them yes which is that's fine that's yeah what like my ballet teacher did that we did at the end of each class and we weren't even like a christian um like dance studio or anything but she just kind of did that as like a centering practice for all of us so i'm like okay again you know this is sort of who i was expecting to meet in this type of documentary but like let's let's see where this goes yeah um yeah. So they're interviewing her and she's saying, you know, she feels that marriage is crucial for a woman. Um, her heart has been searching for a husband for a long time. Mm -hmm. And she's been seeking direction from God on what she should do about looking for a husband. And then from that is where she learned about Christian courtship. Um, and then it just immediately, I mean, unless I missed a few things, which I possibly did just because my mind was so utterly blown. She finally says that if she does find someone, they have to go through Ron to consult with them. Meaning yeah. the man needs to go talk to Ron. And mm -hmm. that's when you realize that her and the rights. Anyway, you want to go there, into that yeah, explanation? So uh, so, well, first, before I go into that, we had the, the scene that is going on as they're describing what their, like, family setup is, is they're walking over this giant bridge, and I think they're going geocaching Yeah, because he even says, like, this is the fun of geocaching. Yes, and the funny thing is, Ron is definitely trying to be Billy Badass, right? here, like, oh, I'm gonna climb down and get to the thing under the bridge, just him looking like a total derp, bumping his head and complaining about having to crawl across glass. Like, yeah. Nice try. Mm, no. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. So Kelly, the dance teacher, she started babysitting for Ron and Dawn Wright right after she got out of college. So, you know, as they would get to know each other better, like, you know, you tend to do if you're babysitting for someone for mm -hmm. a while. Um, they started talking about courtship and Kelly was immediately like, oh, that sounds awesome. I would love to do courtship. Will you be my spiritual parents? And they're like, okay. Yeah, so... I have heard the term of spiritual parents from several friends of mine. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm putting this disclaimer out there. I have some friends that are 
super devout. They have what they call spiritual parents, which in their explanation is like a godmother or godfather yeah. kind of thing. If you're not Catholic or Lutheran or something, then we don't really have a godmother or godfather. So they refer to them as spiritual parents. Right. And but this is different. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is just, I said it in that voice just because it's like escalated very quickly. And this is just taking it to a whole new level. Oh, very new level. You want to move, you want to move on to how new level it is? Yeah. So Ron said that after she asked him about becoming her spiritual parents, he said he prayed on it and it, it decided that it would only, this would only work if Kelly lived under their roof. And my immediately thought was, Hmm, if this was on true crime obsessed, this would turn into a very different type of uh, documentary from yes. this point forward. Yes, it would. <sighs> and then uh, we hear from Dawn saying, we prayed about it and I knew that that, and I knew that that was wisdom on my husband's behalf that she should move in. And in my mind, it's like, mm, she conceded and went with his opinion. Well, she, she has to, she's under his control. Yep. That's what they say later on in the documentary. So then Kelly moves in. And when we then learn that she's been living with them for seven years. And if any man is interested in Kelly, they have to go through Ron. So that means he screens these potential suitors. He, interviews mm -hmm. them yeah and yeah. so then it actually moves on to ron at like a coffee shop or something and mm -hmm. he is actually meeting one of the men that's interested in kelly so and it's a very bizarre i mean i don't know how yeah. the editor might have cut it that way but uh -huh. it's just weird um, thoughts thoughts sarah you look yeah, very you look I, very scared <laughs> i'm just like i don't even know how to start unpacking this because I do genuinely think that Ron is trying to look out for Kelly, but there's also part of me that's like, I think he just likes doing this because he just wants some people to bro out with. And power. And he even says like, it's so cool. I get to meet people. Sometimes I don't even tell Kelly I've met with someone and I'm just like, okay. What? What? <laughs> like, it's, oh. Yes. Like, I'm not, con I'm absolutely not, you know, accusing him of being like, homosexual or anything like that but it's almost like he has this well he needs a friend he has this like underlying searching. social need that he's just like i really need someone to fill this gap please sit with me and have coffee please please yes um and then that kind of sentiment kind of comes later on in in the documentary too oh hardcore hardcore yeah and <laughs> i mean just i mean and like we said we're not saying that he's like attracted he's just really needing a friend Mm-hmm. So, like you said, it's a little bit weird interaction because, you know, it's it seems like it very So, what quick, are they talking about? It seems like it very quickly goes from just, you know, kind of chit-chat to, like, okay, tell me all your, you know, your... Thoughts, beliefs. Thoughts, beliefs, everything like that. So, you know, asking about his political opinions and other stuff. And then the one question that we definitely hear is, how would you feel about having a homosexual church elder who is non-practicing? Which I took to mean that... They've admitted they're, they're gay, gay, but they're not actively in a relationship. I guess. With someone. I also took that as maybe they're gay. They're openly gay, but they're not a leader in the church. I don't know. It's weird. But, you know, he also asked if he watches Glenn Beck. And then he makes a comment about President Obama. I heard something about Obama, but I, I missed what the exact uh, wording was. Anyway, the guy he's meeting with 
generally said, you know, yeah, I think I would be okay with that. And then just immediate cut to Ron. It's not going to work. Nope. It's not going to work. <laughs> it's a good, he's a good guy, but it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was curious, like, okay, how do they actually meet these guys? So they, they specifically say they don't go guy shopping, meaning, you know, no internet dating, no singles events, anything like that. They basically just live their life and wait to bump into people. And let God do the guiding. Which, I mean, honestly, again, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. But first off, it seems like they live in an area outside of Grand Rapids that's pretty small. Mm-hmm. There aren't a ton of people to meet there and also if you're specifically looking for other people who are wanting to do courtship and not traditional dating that pool is even smaller so it seems like you would almost have to use internet dating am i i mean am i wrong and i'm just thinking about it from a statistical point of view honestly i know i know it's like how can like keep the dudes don't just fall out of the sky i mean they don't so, and this is a theme that we'll come back to later on about yeah. proactivity versus passivity and that kind of thing. I did make a note and like, listen, I mean, she's living there. I know she's got to earn her keep, but they show a lot of her, of Kelly doing the housework mm-hmm. around the house while Don is sitting there. And then Ron's wife, um, it cuts to Ron's wife, Don, mm-hmm. um, saying that, you know, if she was a man, she would marry Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she'll live, that Kelly will live with them until she marries. But that Kelly, you know, she she would hope somebody would marry Kelly because she is so willing to hear God's voice. Yeah. And I. And she also cooks and cleans well and keeps the house well. And so in my mind, I, I know the same thing. Like, it looks like she's doing ch- housework and childcare. Basically, I assume to cover her room and bored quote unquote but i mean if i was them i wouldn't be in a hurry to find her a husband either i basically free we got a free babysitter yeah free babysitter and housekeeper housekeeper yeah cook like hmm have they really not found a good fit in seven years but then the next sentence that kelly shares with us is that so far there's never been a situation where both Kelly is interested in the guy and the guy is interested in her. Yeah, so it's far not as a mutual attract mutual mutual attraction. Not a mutual flicking The Swedish chef comes in here like Okay, girl. Do you want to tell us about Anika's keepsake book? The music comes on and like the vocals kind of go back and it's just kind of like them chatting, but you don't hear anything but the mm-hmm. music and you can just see Ron smile and laugh and how pleased he is. Yeah. And can I just point out a few moments that I noticed from this first go ahead. date, quote unquote? Yes, yes. So it's the most awkward chit chat I've ever heard in my life at yes, first. Ma'am. Like when they're just kind of standing there by the table and she's just like, want some candy corn? Mm-hmm. Like that's the conversation start. Yeah, and um, I also noticed when they're eating dinner, after Ron gives the blessing, they all applaud. 
Oh, I didn't notice that. I'm like, is that a normal thing here? Or was he just really hitting 10 for 10 on all the uh, all the blessing things today? Like, I'm I just, so glad I wasn't taking a drink of them. I that have was like, so <laughs> many questions. Well, I didn't even notice they, apl- they like applauded to Ron or did Ron applaud? I don't, they all applauded. So I assume it's kind of like when you applaud at the end of like a, a song at like a contemporary service where it's more like you're clapping because you're happy to be praising God, but it's still just like caught me by surprise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. And then, and overall the vibe is just, and I mean, this isn't super surprising just because if you don't have a lot of dating experience, you really are going to be kind of like awkward, awkward. It was starting very out. awkward. So it was, even though they're grown adults, it really was like watching teenagers go out on their first date. They're super timid and awkward and every little thing seems like such a big deal. Like you hear Kelly break it down afterwards. Like, oh my gosh, he looked at me that one time and I just felt my heart explode. And I'm like, oh my gosh, could this be the man I'm going to spend the rest of my life? I'm like, every little thing is just yes. like, whoa, like this is a lot. Meanwhile, Ross is enjoying the dinner and he breaks the silence with, this is good meat. <laughs> and he keeps talking about how good the meat is. And part of me was like, I would like for them to pan over so I can see what they're eating. So maybe I can try to replicate it if it's good meat. Good meat. It's good meat. It looks like chicken or pork, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, that's, that's a way to. I was, I was like, well, at least, you know, they complimented the, pe- the cooking. From the people who brought you, want some candy corn? nice meat how are you liking that candy corn <laughs> so now they move into how they have informal church yes. in their home and i didn't write down the statistic but it was a pretty interesting statistic six to 12 million christians attend informal house churches every year girl you know i write down that on-screen text i know you did i wrote i wrote almost all the on-screen text except i got that. you covered good um and they move into Kelly and Don, they're basically eating lunch with these young girls. And these young girls are starting to talk about, you know, how they grew up in courtship and the rules mm-hmm. of it. Um, and I started typing and then I like missed, um, missed finishing that. But mm-hmm. one girl said something like, all right, girl, can yeah. you, can you walk us through Anika's keepsake book? Cause this is just, it's not I just Anika. Thoughts. It's not just Anika. It's um, is it's it Amanda. Annika or is it Anika? I have no idea. I, they didn't really say her name that much. Okay, they didn't. So it cuts to them, and they have like these cute little notebooks, like little three wing binders, and it has like my keepsake notebook. And so um, Anika says um, these notebooks um, have what they want to do when they grow up. So a part yes. of me was like, oh. Maybe they'll be astronauts or something in there. You know, we'll see their hopes and dreams. Um, They open them up and these notebooks are all drawings of them courting with a young man. They drew the the young man getting Mm -hmm. engaged, marrying their honeymoon and how many children they plan to have. Although I will say I did enjoy Annika, Anika, her drawing of her honeymoon, which was them. On the moon. On the moon. So I can get on board little, with that. That's a little ambitious. I, I like that. I like that's a little creative, like yeah. literal honeymoon on the moon. Yes. And then um Savannah want has a very elaborate um plan for her wedding. She wants a Confederate girl style wedding. Civil War era 
with um, oh. and the Confederate side too, because apparently they're originally from the South. I didn't say where. Um, and she also has like two or three dresses that she's going to change into throughout. And twenty kids. She plans to have twenty yes. kids. And her wedding dress. It's all very like sort of Scarlet O'Hare. Very antebellum. Antebellum. Yeah. Yeah. And she has pictures of her engagement ring. And and the wedding pictures her. Her mom even asked, like, hey, you know, all these guys, including the husband, they're wearing a uniform. Is that a Confederate uniform? And she's like, yeah, if it was a union, I wouldn't be marrying him. I'm like, oh, good God. Ouch. And they're in Michigan, too. So that's a little. Like, again, do people not understand? Oh, well, she also said that if he wasn't willing to participate in a Confederate wedding, she wouldn't marry him at all either. Ugh. And so, and then her mom said, well, your dad's going to really have a talk with him, whoever Mm -hmm. he is. And I'm like, I bet, but, and then the mom, hold on, I got to go into this. And then, so I wrote, I take notice to something the mom says, as we're going through these notebooks, when you, when you have a girl, no matter how many guns or GI Joes you give her, she will always dream of her wedding day. And I wrote this note, wait, before you say something, no, ma'am, I did not. Ever. Mm -hmm. Not until like a month before I needed to plan my wedding. Like literally I had, I've been engaged for two years. I only have one damn wedding magazine because Mm -hmm. I like the wedding dress on the cover. And then my mom wouldn't let me get it because it had like a red like inlay. Mm -hmm. I wanted something with a little color. But my mom said it didn't look virginal, which then I reminded her that like that ship's been sailed. So, (laughs) and of course to that point she gave me the pursed lips and (gasps) did she clutch her pearls no because she knew she was just like well not everybody needs to know that (laughs) because clearly that's what everyone will be thinking and i was like mom um grandma's not alive anymore so like she's really the only person i would care that like it would bother yeah yeah so that bothered me like not all girls my girls they joke about getting Mm -hmm. married like they'll what to them being married is like when like people dance and then they kiss each other and they're Mm -hmm. like oh they're getting married i'm like they're not they're just dancing and they kiss each other yeah and again there's something wrong with dreaming about your future wedding but just the wide sweeping assumptions and the idea only thing they want to do exactly and oh sorry oh you want to go into um how you know they're um how they instill um purity and how and their what their treasure sure. is. Let me let me take this one. <laughs> All right, settle I have notes, on, but I have notes, but I didn't write a whole lot of notes because as I was listening, I was like, "This is probably okay. something that Sarah's gonna dig into." So they they strangely, I was surprised about this. They don't really talk about sex or the idea of saving yourself in this. I think mm-hmm. it's it's just implied because they talk so much about saving your first kiss. So I guess it's like. All right, if they don't even get as far as kissing, they're not going to do any of the other stuff. Yeah, it's not going to get physical if you don't do that. Yes. Yeah. So they are really about instilling the idea of purity into their daughters and not giving away their first kiss until they're married. And I know that they only have daughters, but still, it seems so female-focused. Yeah, we do meet a man later that that also believed this, and he had never kissed anyone yet. And they even have, like kids books story like fairy tale books that are about this concept and the one that they read a lot is called the princess and the kiss and so supposedly you know the king and the queen had a beautiful daughter and when she was born 
God gave her the gift of a kiss, but their her parents held on to it until like whatever her 16th birthday or something like that, and then they gave it to her and said, "This first kiss is the most precious thing, and you will someday give it to a man, but you should only give it to a man who is your husband." And then someday she and sent from God and sent from God and uh, all these things. And I'm like, all right, can we just talk about the fact that we are basically putting virginity and vagina on a pedestal and saying if you don't have these things you're worthless yes great oh but don't you didn't round up the rest of the story so the the man like just some random dude Mm -hmm. shows up and he's like i've saved my first kiss for you and so then they get married and then they and like the first kiss are like these little golden orbs in the book Mm -hmm. and like they join their first kiss together meanwhile kelly's over in the back listening to the story crying yeah she's so moved by it she's like because i gave my first kiss away and i'll never get it back and it's and then dawn's like and it's your treasure it's your treasure see and this is the kind of thing that you should not have shame about like it's it is up to you as an individual to decide what you do and do not want to give away to someone as long as things are consensual that is the important girl i'm like the princess and the frog i kissed a lot girl and there is nothing wrong with waiting until marriage to have sex i did that and you know what i'm still a horn dog now so it doesn't even really matter i was a horn dog before i barely kept it in my pants girl well let me put it this way as i tell everybody asks me and i'm like okay i didn't wait i did not wait till Mm -hmm. marriage but the only person I've had intercourse with is my husband. Mm-hmm. Not saying it didn't come close with other people. Right. And as I was telling my husband last night, because I had watched this and stuff, I was like, you know what's funny? I said, and I kind of, I already had low self-esteem as it was. I got kind of close to those guys, and the guys ended up backing out. Mm-hmm. Which he was like, so what? <laughs> He looked at me and he was, and I said, that really like killed my self-esteem. I said, so when me and you were about to that first time, I was like, well, guys, he's going to back out too. And then he, he, of course, he was all like, let's do this. And you're like, <laughs> woo, 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 woo. And then I was like, this man is hot. I see you got your little Bradley Cooper over there. Mm, and Brianna was born nine months later. <laughs> You I think I'm joking. That. I'm not. You're See like previous episodes. Yes, like way back in the day. But yeah, I remember you were like, You're gonna be pregnant now that y'all watch that movie. And then I was like, Guess Lo what? And, <laughs> and I texted you that that You're gift. like, yeah, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I remember texting you that gif and you were like, Are you serious? <laughs> you're like, I've been hungover for three days. What's wrong with me? And then like a day later you're like, uh, I'm pregnant. Yep. <laughs> Gosh. And then we go back to Kelly. And like you said, she has already, she did date for a while, like when she was in sort of college age. Yeah, and that did kind of thing. dating, yeah. So she has already kissed people before. So she said that she's saving her next kiss, but it makes her really sad that she already gave away her first kiss. And what I just really hate is that they're basically implying that she's damaged goods because ron's like oh yeah Kelly's prior dating record is an issue that we're just gonna have to you know try to work with and deal with and uh and then um anika anika sorry i can never figure out her name i have a quote from her that just kind of ugh, made me sad it says if i give away my first kiss before i give it to my husband then i won't be giving him everything of which, me everything of me. everything of me which on one hand i get 
on one hand, I get. I truly do. You want do. to give your husband everything of you. But yes. again, it's it's not something that she's. You're you're bringing up the potential of shame. Exactly. It's not something that she is just. You know, it. And if she happens to kiss someone else before she um, meets her husband, or even if she kisses her husband before their actual wedding day, is that just going to make her feel? extreme shame over something that should be a really sweet and beautiful moment like everyone remembers their first kiss girl i was savannah's age it was the back of the school bus in the middle of an ice storm we slipping and sliding he was horrible he's like sucked my face like a hoover girl my first kiss was when i was 15 see i was i was a tease <laughs> i likened them boys i was just so shy and like it i i think other people saw that i was kind of like blossoming and becoming attractive before i saw it happening and so at for at first i was just kind of like how do you do this dating thing no for me i was insanely insecure so i may have like anytime any boy showed me like an mm. ounce of attention kind of threw myself that way mm -hmm. and um yeah so what did we learn about ron and dawn by the way, it's I keep oh, I keep for, I keep my name You forgot Dawn. you forgot the most important part. After Annika says that, Dawn tells them that don't worry, me and your dad are gonna guard you and Savannah's gates. Oh, good God! Yes, I must have blocked that out. <laughs> like we don't let lions into the gate, and she yeah. just kind of standing there. Well, she said lions, lions, and what was that else? Ba bear, something like something. that. I was like. I mean, my face is like, like, and bling, I really bling, do bling. wonder, like, does Hanukkah know what they're talking about? Because I feel like they probably no. never say the word sex in their household. No. And her face, like, she doesn't talk much. And her face, like, she just seems very, and she could be shy. It could yeah. be the film crew's there, but she just seemed very robotic to me. And it, yeah, it seemed like when her mom was talking about it, she was sort of staring at her blankly like. Oh, she did. She was what? like, what's my gate? Mm-hmm. Like my like the friends. Did you ever see the movie Now and Then? Yes. It makes me think of that conversation at the beginning in the movie with uh with Chrissy and her mom, and her mom is trying to tell her about having sex, but she But is, she because she's a delicate flower. She's so embarrassed about it that she just basically just does this long metaphor about, you know, you know, all women have a garden and this garden yes, needs a garden. A big hose to water it. And so her daughter literally thinks that, you know, when when the man and woman are serious, he he plants the seed and waters the flower in her literal garden, and she just she does not get it at all. Yeah, no, she doesn't get it all because she has no you know ref point of reference. No. And meanwhile, here I am, my seven year old asking me what a period is because she caught me, you know, using tampons, and I just pulled her aside and I just gave her some very basic information, but mm -hmm. then I also. Gave her a disclaimer at the end, like, please don't tell your friends. Because mm -hmm. I do not need their mothers coming to me being like, why did you... Does she know about the lining of the uterus sloughing off? No, that's not <laughs> what I told her. I just... What's like sloughing? I, I said just very basic, like, when you get to a certain age, your body starts preparing for when you could possibly have a baby. Oh, that's smart. I remember that. And so I, I said, you know, and this can happen anywhere from the age of like 12 or like 11-ish to, you know, 15-ish or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, and you, you have, you have those early years. And then when you get to the age to have a baby, it helps you have a baby, you know, shows you that you can have a baby. Uh -huh. 
And then she's like, does it ever stop? I said, yes, you do. You, as a, as a woman, you do eventually at some point it does stop. And she was like, oh, okay. And like, she was fine with it. But then you have menopause and you have a whole other set of things. Oh, no, I wasn't going to get into menopause. <laughs> Girl. I mean, she has asked me, like, so how does that lead to you having a baby? I'm like, no, I can't talk to you about that That's right part now. two of our series, and we're going to wait a while on that I one. told her when she was 10, and I'm prepared for when she turns 10 to be, come to my room and be like, okay, so now that I'm 10, you can tell me how um, a baby Like, she'll mark it on there. the calendar. Oh, <laughs> she's Sabrina. You've met her. She oh, yeah. forgets All right. So. Okay. So now we're moving into autumn season. I'd say, but what do we learn about Ron and Dawn's relationship? Like, why are they so into this? Oh, I totally forgot to write my notes on that. Yeah. So they're totally into this because they, when they were married, I do remember this part when they were first married, like, Oh, did I write it down? I feel like I did, and I, I just can, didn't I can cover it. it. If no, you want. but I know that they. He said that their um, attraction was basically purely physical and convenient. Yeah, like they didn't do a courtship. They just did sort regular of regular dating. What, regular dating, and apparently they felt like, in retrospect, they didn't really know each other very well and when they, they got they married. They rushed to get married, and then by yeah. the third year, they weren't physically divorced but emotionally that they were divorced like they really weren't getting along they weren't talking which yeah you can use whatever term you want but it just i i did i did feel for them yeah and that I, sounds I, like I a got horrible he, situation i got in. what he was saying because around i'm not gonna dig in deep but around like the four or five year mark of my marriage was very similar we were mm -hmm. under the same roof we couldn't afford to have different roofs yeah but like I was emotionally checked out and he was as well. And, mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I commend them for doing the work to yeah. bring themselves back together. Yes. And I do understand why you wouldn't want your children to go through that same kind of pain. Again, I feel like they have good intention. intentions, the attention, but there. there's a big difference between teaching your kids how to pick a good life partner versus you can never date and you can never kiss anyone. And if you do any of those things before you get married, then you're a scum. Well, and also that God will shame you. I yes. mean, they're essentially saying that this is what God wants for you. And if you go again, if you don't do it this way, then you're going against God and mm -hmm. he will be angry. He will be mad. Yeah. I mean, that's how I took it. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's a good intent. Like he even says, we don't want our children to go through this. We don't want other people to go through this. And I get it. Like, I don't, I hope my daughters don't, but I'm telling them that me, like when me and him disagree, Sabrina's like, stop fighting. And he's like, we're not fighting. We're disagreeing. Mm -hmm. And we just need to work it out. Yeah. And it's the truth. Yeah. The best thing you can do for your kids is to model a healthy relationship for them. Yes. And he, and Ron even said that, um, one other thing he said that was like, no one talked to us about how to find you know, the right spouse, mm -hmm. the, you know, how to find somebody that's compatible with you. And like you said, so that's good intent. Execution is something yeah. different. Okay. So we are moving on to Autumn and who does Kelly meet? Well, she's been talking to a man over the, over Facebook mm -hmm. um, named Ross. 
Um, she said he was also raised in the values of Christian courtships. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to be able to move forward with it, but she has to go to Ron and get his approval. And um, because Ron does say that they need to have, so she goes to him, they're sitting there talking and he's like, well, we'll pray on it, but let's go ahead and have him over and like get to see how things go. Can we talk about the covert meeting they have in the back of the van? That was creepy. <laughs> like, yeah, we're just going to step outside for a minute. And the two but of them. That's, but that's further down. Is that further down? That is way further down. Oh, no, we have a whole section where they're having a church in their home, and there's so much discussion. Oh, okay. You're right. So, Ross comes over um, with his brother, and Ron seems a little annoyed because they were running late, but Ross was like, well, it's, it, you know, it was traffic and stuff. Um, he doesn't, Ron doesn't seem pleased with Ross at first. Um, and then Ron kind of goes in for what I considered the jugular. He asks him about being raised in Christian courtship. Mm -hmm. And so Ross continues from that moment on about his beliefs on courtship, how he was raised. And then like, you know, when I give, you know, they were both, all of them were talking about like not giving away their first kiss. Mm -hmm. And then, um, Don asked one of the girls, like, do you think you're going to continue the Christian courtship rules and everything? And she was like, oh yes. I mean, that's how my dad raised me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, was it what? Yeah, and I definitely caught the dad portion of that. Yeah, and I just want to preface this by I was not raised in a church. I have a dad that has different kind of beliefs. Um, and I don't, like, this is so foreign to me because I had a dad who was like, I'm going to show you how to change the oil and mm-hmm. then, you know, here's some money for your prom dress. Like, he was like... <laughs> You're going to learn how to do it all. Right. Um, and, you know, the sky's the limit kind of thing. So I, this is just, I'm sure you're the same way. Like, this is just really foreign to me. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I was raised in a Christian context, but nothing like this. I mean, my mom's a very strong Christian, but she was not like this. Like, anytime yeah. someone said something about, like, your girls can't, it was like my five foot Oh, yeah. Mom was like in their face, like, you don't tell my girls what they can't do kind of thing. Exactly. And one thing that really stood out to me from this conversation that all these girls and women are having is there's this one middle school girl who says, you know, if you give away all your first kisses, then the kisses you give your husband mean nothing. I'm like, oh, again, I hate that. It's just like this all or nothing thing. Like, so any physical affection you show your husband means nothing because you put your lips on another human being at some point. Man. Like, again, I just, I hate the shame that is built into it and just the like condescension and it's toward not just anyone shame, who doesn't do that. But as someone who's also had some like thoughts of like how like dirty mm-hmm. I am um, from back in the day, like, I can imagine some of these girls that if somehow that happened, how they would feel so, like, unclean and and just, it just, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I just, you're good. My, my heart. My heart. Um, Don't put this on your kids. No. No, no. Mm-mm. Don't be garbage. I mean, I tell, I tell Sabrina, I'm like, you don't want to, like, hurry up and kiss a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, like. Do what feels right in your core, because your your people's gut is usually in all honesty. It's, it's more accurate than we give it credit for. Do you want me to talk about their 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 side business? 
Yes, please. Um, which we kind of jumped around. This is actually the part where they admit that they had a rough yeah, beginning I'm, of their relationship. All of it is blending together to me for me, so I'm doing a horrible job of You're staying fine. chronological. You're fine. So now Ron moves into when he's not as a snowplow driver. Is that what snowplow dispatcher? Okay. When he's not doing that, he manages a website on Christian courtship. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the website? Before a kiss. Before the kiss dot com, and Kelly actually came up with that name. Before the kiss dot com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They offer resources for social and emotional purity. Right? Was it social and emotional? Yep. They provide okay. uh, resources on courtship and yeah, physical. An emotional and spiritual appearance. And we're talking about materials. We're talking about like that book, The Princess and the Kiss. Lots yeah. of books like that with like other materials. And again, in all fairness, you know, it's it's not a bad idea just because Ron and Dawn, when they first got interested in courtship, they said it was really hard to find resources to learn more about and I it. mean, that's fine. Like you want to teach this to the mm-hmm. masses you need to have the resources but um but then ron moves into what these resources really focus on mm-hmm. um as far as what the woman is and um he has this he says the biggest thing is this question where you say is she ready for marriage and here is his check boxes oh, can God. she cook don't blow your head off can she clean can she run a home? And that basic biblical roles are for marriage. The man is the leader. The wife is always the supporting role. Mm-hmm. And this is when they go into the garage in the minivan. <laughs> so you go ahead. Although I got there's one line that made me laugh out loud. It was when, for it. Oh yes. When they're talking about the roles and yes. Dawn's like, I don't really mind him wearing the pants because if he messes up, it ain't my fault. <laughs> Like yes, yes, girl. Now I kind of agree with that sometimes. I'm like, honey, if you feel so convicted that this is the right idea, let's go with it, honey. And then he falls on his face, and I'm just like, I followed you. Okay, <laughs> I, I let I let you go. This is you. I'm not saying that my yeah. husband is the leader and I'm the supporting role in that sense. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that there are sometimes in the argument disagreement whatever you want to say it that i just kind of concede yeah because i'm tired and he's not going to see it that way so just let let it happen can i go on a little tangent before we go further so go on your tangent my tangent all right so this is something i know i noticed and wrote down early on but just it kept coming up throughout and their model is basically just the model from the early to mid 20th century you know the the working man and the housewife. Basically, like, almost Victorian. Victorian, yeah. it's It feels very Leave it to Beaver in a lot of ways. Um, mm. And I will say, and I, I've done a little bit of research on this previously, and all this kept popping into my head as I was watching it. Part of the reason why women used to marry so young is because this was the only thing that was expected of them. Yes. Like, they were in their parents' home until they married, and so a lot of them were like, oh, okay, Marriage is the way to finally get some freedom, except that they then went from, that's why divorce rates skyrocketed once women were legally allowed to to initiate the divorce proceedings. Because previously, I think before like 70s or something like that, it had to be either both partners or the man. 
initiating the divorce proceedings. Also, uh, not until the 70s could a woman get a check-in account with her her husband's permission. Mm -hmm. And it blows my mind that it is that late on. I'm talking 1970s people. And so it's just this whole thing that like you're, you're basically just molding women that this is the only thing in life that they can or should aspire to. And then once they, once they marry or once they have kids, you know, what if they don't feel fulfilled by that? What does that say about their identity? Yeah. Like do, are they going to think, well, I failed because I'm not enjoying it. I'm not. Or if for some reason they disagree with their husbands, Oh no, have I failed because I disagree with them. And being a homemaker or a stay at home mom or a homeschooling mom or father no that's not the same thing that we're saying here no it is hard it is a calling it is a calling but i'm saying that's not the same thing Mm -mm. as someone raising you to say you are going to be under my control until you get married and then you're under his control yeah and and you don't have an opinion and you don't have a thought of your own and no one ever asks you hey you know what career are you thinking about what would you like to learn what you know what you know new parts of the world would you what like do to you explore? dream about yeah exactly None, there, like there's not a single question to those girls of what do you dream about yeah it's just you know they're told what their dream is supposed to be yeah all right sorry that's my tangent no nope, you're good so now this is where ron pulls don outside he tells kelly that he just needs to speak to her for a minute outside outside actually turns out to be their garage actually tucked into the back of their minivan (laughs) um which i was like is that really freaking necessary um and then although i now realize it's winter in michigan yeah so outside is really so it's and cold oh well it's autumn so we're getting it's it's snowy it snows in michigan i just mm-hmm. realized that it's not like here where up until like three days ago it was 80 degrees i know it's like i'm tired of the shorts <laughs> yeah um so he tells her he tells his wife don that ross contacted him and said he wanted to get to know kelly better but did not want them to tell kelly Mm-hmm. And then Dawn agrees because she feels that Kelly gets really excited fast over every mm-hmm. little thing, which I kind of get Dawn's, you know, point of view from earlier. Like he was saying that first dinner where like he looked at me and this is my potential partner. Where could this go? Blah, 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 blah. It's like zero to a hundred. Chill. Yeah. yeah. So although we, honestly, who of us is not like that when we're excited about someone that we're crushing on? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, like, every little thing. Oh, my gosh. I love that big. Sometimes I kind of still feel that way. Oh. Oh, that's cute. 20 years later, I'm still, like, mm, you're still so cute. <laughs> that's adorable. So, am I the only one who noticed that the on-screen texts say that Ron and Kelly had their first date? date? In no, quotation no. marks. No, I saw that in quotation marks. Because <laughs> I was, like, at first I was, like, oh, they're actually going to go on a first date. That's awesome. And then they cut to Ross walking in with the rights, the whole right the family, whole family is, there. is going with them. So they basically chaperone the date and they're actually, they're seeing, um, later you realize that they're watching the performance of whatever Kelly was teaching those kids. Yeah. It's like a faith based ballet. Yeah. It almost looks kind. like a touch of the nutcracker, but very, it's just yeah, very different. I thought it was going to be a, the nutcracker because i could have sworn i heard someone mention it when they were in the lobby but i think yes. it might be like their Someone, twist on it i don't know but 
Ugh. Let's talk about them sitting in the auditorium before the show. So imagine it. You got John, Kelly, Ross, and then Ron. Mm-hmm. So no, make, they are like making sure no one's joining hands. No one. No leaning too close. Anything. No one's putting a head on the shoulder. There's no touchy, no feely. But I do find it interesting that even their like outing or their date is still like a Christian church-based event yes it's like no secular but stuff anywhere. i will say it was rather sweet yes. that ross was he was very you could tell he was very interested at yeah he was engaged when her little students came up he was like how long did it take them to learn this and she was saying like oh six weeks and he was like wow you're a good teacher for them Aww. you know six weeks and you know i mean he he was really, you know, engaged with it. Yeah. Although, can we briefly talk about how Ron has the worst theater etiquette etiquette ever? Oh, like, God. Every three seconds, he's reading over Ross to Kelly. He's like, who's that one? What's that one? And, of course, every answer is, you know, the Holy Spirit. Oh, wait. What? What's that one? What? Yeah. I'm like, oh, that one's that one's evil. Like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, who shut is, up. Who is that supposed to symbolize? Huh? Oh, I love the part where she was like, the Holy Spirit. And he's like, what? Huh? Uh, I can't remember what the word was, but he asked her like three different times. Like, you mean that? She's like, no, eh. No, yeah, no, eh. Like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, don't do that during a performance. Ask questions later. Oh, God. Okay. Yes. yes. And I also love how Kelly is just like, her face is like, <sighs> like she's so freaking ecstatic watching her students. I'm like, that's so sweet. Like, you can tell she's a good teacher. She yeah. loves her students. She's like, really, like, she's in the right career field. But we wrap up this outing with Dawn mentioning that she's worried that Ross won't take Kelly in the end because. He is still saving his first kiss, and she's already had hers. So we're back to the whole undertone of being damaged goods. Oh, by the way, I did go to school with some people that believed in this Christian courtship Mm -hmm. that they did not have, or I don't know, they may have broken it. But when we were teenagers, they were like, no, I'm saving my first kiss. And I dated a guy where we went. He was actually one of those ones that, like, we got to that point, and then he backed off. Mm-hmm. And then he, he comes back to me later. He's like, I just feel guilty, and I think we need to, you know, have more of a courtship. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what else? And then he's like, you know, I read this book about, you know, saving your, your first kiss for the altar. And I was like, like, marriage? And at that time, I was like, I don't know if I want to get married. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm 17. Like, I don't know if I want to get married. And he's like, what well, What do you want to do? And I was like, go to college. Mm-hmm. Again, when I was 11, I told my mom when I got older, I wanted a house full of babies and pets. And she <laughs> said, do you want a husband with that? Because that would kind of help. And I said, well, if that's kind of mandatory, then sure. I mean, that comes with the package. I mean, like, if I have to, <laughs> like, do I need to? And she was like, it probably would be best. And I was like... Okay. <laughs> that, that's a nice bonus, but that's not what you're signing up for. And so, Don, only... I wasn't, you know, planning. I mean, I was planning for some youngins and some pets, but not anybody else. All right. So now we transition, and it's winter time, and Kelly is going home for the holidays, and we meet her parents, Linda and Bob. And, and Bob is in... her stepfather. Yeah, she's in Alabama now. Let's yes. just make it 
And can we talk about the really, really cute baby? Oh my god. Oh. Her sister's niece and nephew. Or her her sister's kids, her niece and nephew. Oh. Her nephew is like this tiny nugget. He's like maybe a month old. Like he's brand new. Like he's one of those where like when someone says you want to hold them mm-hmm. and you like hand them over and then they just like fall asleep on top of you. And oh. all you hear is just the sweet baby. <sighs> Riley's 11 months old now, and that immediately made me, like, homesick for when he was that tiny. And I'm like, it wasn't even that long ago, and he's so big now. I'll tell you, Brianna's 15 months, honey. I know. I was like, (laughs) it feels like I should still have a newborn. I I don't necessarily want to have one all the time, but I do want to have, like, a little newborn I can rent just to, like, yeah, at that moment, bit. for a minute, I was like, why did I have my tooth removed? I, like, I want other family members to have more babies, so I can do exactly what she did there, be be the aunt that just comes and has cuddles. Yeah, that's not gonna happen in my, well, my, well, I mean, like, my closest family that mm-hmm. lives near me. I want my friends to have more babies, mm-hmm. so that I can have cuddles. Done. Well, not you, but you know <laughs> what I mean. I, I am your only friend. False. Some days. You're like, eh, no. Depends on, <laughs> depends on who I piss off in the week. All right. So, yeah, she goes and, oh, I'm sorry. But, yeah, like, side tangent, that baby, that baby. Just watch this for the baby. The baby and the cute little toddler. I should have captured the timestamp just so you can, like, fast forward and freeze frame. Yeah, because they're watching, like, old home movies and she has her nephew on her and he's, like, asleep. And mm-hmm. a part of me was just like, Woo! And the home videos are really cute. Yeah, they're really cute. Um, and then Kelly kind of gives a backstory mm-hmm. about how she ended up kind of finding her way to Christian courtship. So mm-hmm. when um, she said that she just felt really secure and safe when she was younger at home under her family. And then when she went to college, she felt like this huge loss of security. And then while she was away at college, her parents got divorced. And then it cuts to her mom, which her mom is just super sweet. Just oh, yeah. super Both of her sweet parents are great. Southern lady. And her mother says that... While she feels like the Christian courtship idea is weird, which I love how she's like, it's just, she's very Southern. She sounds like my mom is. She, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's how, like, that's how my mom says it. It's weird. Um, but says that probably their divorce led her to that because it's something that's safe. Yeah. And it's something that keeps her guarded. And I'm wondering if just, I mean, I don't even know how to, you basically said everything, but just, yeah, it's, I think it's strange that, like, she had such a great childhood growing up, and it seemed like she had great security, but I guess it was just that she might have been able to bounce back from that loss of security if her parents hadn't got divorced. So maybe it was just that idea of, oh, wow, everything I had built my foundation on as a child feels like a lie now, or feels like it wasn't what I thought it was, and just... Yeah, trying to protect herself from being hurt in that way again. Yeah, and she says, um, which I heard this a lot when I was a teenager, and I started going to church with friends about guarding your heart. Mm -hmm. And so she—that's where that line kind of starts coming in. And but I—I think it. Yeah, I get that. I know some people like my husband his parents were got divorced when he was an adult but mm-hmm. that wasn't earth shattering like he told me he's like i really wanted them to get divorced when i was a kid so 
I don't think that was earth shattering for him, but I can see for other people how it could be. And it also depends on how the parents act in front of the kids. So if they're a couple that like acts like everything's okay and never let the kids see any of the conflict or things like yeah, that. Yeah, then it probably was like earth shatter. I mean, they don't yeah. go into why they got divorced, mm-hmm. but you know, her mom admits that she made quite a few mistakes. You know. Mm. Um, so before we go back to Alabama, we cut back to Michigan where Ron is meeting with Ross. So do you want to? Sure. So he, Ron feels it's important to really ask Ross point blank if the whole first kiss situation is going to be a problem or a deal breaker for him. This made me want to kind of throw up. It really did. Because it almost was like, I... I'm, I'm not, I was watching this, but then earlier in the week, I was watching The Spanish Princess, mm-hmm. which was about um, Catherine, Henry VIII's first wife, mm-hmm. when she they first were married and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think of that. Well, she might be a little unpure. Would you Would you still take her kind of thing? Exactly. It's That's, like they're discussing like a horse that they're auctioning off or something. You know, and then he's like, what is, how... How important is this first kiss to you? Because, you know, she may have, you know, lost that. And it's like then, there's a little bit of rust under the hood. But are, are, is that okay with you? Or or is that going to be a deal breaker for this she's sale? slightly tarnished. <laughs> she's last year's model. But you can buff it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and she makes up for it in gas mileage. I will say that Ross, you know, he kind of comes back. And I'm like, man, he's a really, I think he's a really decent guy. Because he was like... You know, everybody has a past, and Mm -hmm. if they felt convicted to change, and now that they have changed, and they're going to keep up with what they believe, it's not a problem. And I was like, yeah, boy. Yes, and I like that he said, you know, it's more important where she is now Now. than where she was previously. And And he was like, like, yes. And then he said something like, we can't can't keep being hung up on the past. And I was like, good job, Ross. You get an applause from us. Yay! You're a mature man. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're not a garbage human at this exact moment. Yay. Yeah. Right. Until. <laughs> so, yeah. Just wait. So, we hop back to um, Alabama where mm-hmm. Kelly is still spending time with their with their family. And, again, they her parents seem generally very supportive of her. But they are definitely wary of this whole courtship thing. Well, yeah. Do you want to go into what they say to her? Sure. So the one of the ones that really stuck out to me is her stepdad kind of wonders out loud, like, okay, so you say that you need a spiritual father to really help select your mate for you. And he asks, you know, okay, why is a grown, mature woman not in a posi- position to decide who is best for herself? And also, you know, he talks about how, you know, yeah, man is supposed to be, you think man is supposed to be head of the family, but honestly, Kelly, you should be the head of your own family. And I'm like, yes! Because you are your own family by yourself. Yes, like you are, and in a way, that kind of is me sort of saying, him saying, like, you are enough. Just of yourself. You, you don't yes. need someone else to complete you. Yes. And me and Sarah both got married. I'm going to, I'm going to rope you in just to make sure. (laughs) Um, Out of love. Mm -hmm. Not that we felt a necessity. Not Mm -hmm. that we felt, you know, 
uh, push to it. Mm-hmm. It just was something that we, it just gradually happened. Yeah, we just found someone that we wanted to do life with. Or, you know, as my husband put it, it took an act of Congress, literally, to get me to marry him after being engaged for two and a half years. Which constantly, uh, everybody was like, are you, are y'all going to be like that couple that's like engaged for 10 years? And a part of me was like, hell, if I feel like it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's what always got to me was I was like, the more you push on me picking a wedding date, the more I'm like, I'm not getting married. And that was the one that within like 24 hours of being engaged, I had the date picked already. I'm like, I need to know what is happening so I can plan. Meanwhile, then he's like, uh, so I got papers. And I'm like, what do you mean you got papers? I'm, I'm being called up for active service. I'm getting deployed. And I was like, shit, how much time <laughs> I got? Three weeks. Okay, let's do this thing. <laughs> oh, but I do like um, the idea that he says, you know, I understand that Ron is kind of your advocate and he's the one sort of, you know, protecting you and helping you find your way. But he says that if she ever decided she wanted to move home, he would be happy to be her advocate. Oh, and he tears up. And, he's, and she does too. And it's like the sweetest, most genuine thing. you can tell that he's like, I want you to move back home. Yeah. Like this is, might not be the best for you. And then he says, well, your mother worries. And when she worries about you, I worry about you. Right. And I was just like, oh, and this is just your stepdad. And he's like, just, oh my gosh. And then I do love how her stepdad, was it Bob? Is that his name? Oh, blah, blah, blah. Did I get it wrong? Yes. Um, I love how Bob, you know, the questions that he asked are like the same questions that I would ask somebody in this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, why does Ron have this power to like screen the guys or have the coffee date with the guys? And yes. she's like, well, then I don't have to waste my time having to do that, having mm-hmm. to do that initial first date. And then Bob's like, but you still got to learn how to get to know him. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't meet in a coffee shop and get to know him. Then the next time you talk to him, you're getting to know him after Ron says it's okay. Like, either way, it's going to be an awkward beginning. Like, I mean, I got what Bob was saying. It was like, you're never going to get past that part. Yeah. Um, And they really want her to move back and just Mm -hmm. date and do things, you know, that way. And you can tell that Kelly's mom really blames herself for all of this. Yeah. And she talks... Linda talks about how she says to Kelly, I think you're trying to learn from my mistakes, but you're taking it to an extreme. And she really yes. suggests like, the middle. is, is there a happy middle. medium? Yeah. Yes. Where you're guarding yourself, but you're not just completely shutting other people off and taking a completely passive role. Yeah. She said, I, I really want to see you Kelly to be more active in your life and not passive. And I was like, Yes, I'm like, they are winning all the parent awards in this. Like, yay, two applauses for them. And she even brings up that, you know, we, God gave us free will for a reason. And that, you know, we see multiple times. Yeah, she turns it around. She's like, don't you see that maybe God is like, yeah. And then, you know, Kelly's like, but God guides us. And she's like, yeah, God can guide you to a certain point. But at some point he expects you to step forward. Yeah. And it makes, it made me actually think of the, the joke of, you know, there's a man washed out at sea. That's what I was thinking yes, of too. Who, who was a Christian and uh, a ship comes by and is like, hi, do you need to be rescued? And he's like, no, 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 God, God will send, will save me. 
And then, you know, an hour later, another boat comes by. Hey, you know, do you need rescuing? No, 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 I'm good. God will save me. And then finally a helicopter comes by. It's like, hey, do you need to be rescued? Like, no, no, God will save me. And then so he ends up dying. And when he goes to heaven, you know, he's like, God, you know, why didn't you save me? He's like, what are you talking about? I sent two boats and a helicopter for you. And that's exactly what it makes me think of. It's, you know, it's not just sitting back and say, okay, God's going to provide. It's, you know, we, we see in the Bible multiple times that he's like, okay, God will provide, but it doesn't mean that you just sit and wait for everything to be handed to you. Oh, yeah. Because I, I love Bible stories also from a, a literature perspective. So mm-hmm. I could totally get you on, like, let's talk Joseph. Let's mm-hmm. talk um, Jonah. Let's talk Ruth. Yeah. Let's talk Esther. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's you, let's deep dive, y'all. Let's deep oh, yeah. dive into it. Um, none of them just sat and went, God will do it all for me if I just sit here. Mm-hmm. But it made me think of this whole documentary. It made me think of when I was in college. Um, I was a part of a church group. And there was this one young woman. Her boyfriend adored her. And they were actually engaged. And, mm-hmm. like, they were... I mean, they kissed, but, like, they were very just, they only held hands. Mm -hmm. They did not have sex. But you could tell he adored her. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, she you could tell she was enamored with him, too. Um, And then she just broke up with him one day because Uh she said that she prayed and then she had a dream and she felt that the Holy Spirit spoke to her that she needed to be still and that he wasn't the right one and that her parents and her siblings also felt the same way and so she broke his heart and Mm -hmm. so and i said well what are you going to do now she's like oh i'm just gonna wait for god to put my husband before me which metaphorically makes sense but literally and this is me sarcastic me imagine sarcastic me at 19 um and i was like well let me know how that works out Mm-hmm. I'm just such, and then I I regret saying that to her because I'm a horrible person because she may have met the one I don't know but I was just like why would you do that and then I remember sitting there thinking like well if I was single I'd snatch him up mm-hmm. and I I just think of it you know I I guess I do met better with metaphor in this particular instance of like okay you know God's going to imbue me with knowledge and wisdom and I'm just going to sit here and wait for it to happen meanwhile. God has arranged it for there to be a library right down the road, but you never go there because you say that God is going to provide you all the knowledge and wisdom that you will get just sitting at home on your sofa. From what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how's he going to instill the wisdom Like, he's giving you an opportunity to go take an active part in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, But I will say that Kelly still, like, even though she, and, like, they're all tearing up because it's getting kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. And um, we forgot to say that Kelly's down there because it's it's Christmas time. Oh, yeah. It yeah. is Christmas time. Hey, Christmas. Um, I mean, Kelly says that uh, that she believes that this is really worth the wait. Mm-hmm. And she really wanted, she had hoped, like, cut to her leaving after her time with her family. Like, she was really hoping to tell them about Ross, but she didn't want, she wanted to guard their their hearts as well as hers. Mm-hmm. Because she didn't want them to get all excited and then it didn't work out. Right. Which but I get. Totally understandable. I've, I've been in similar situations. Yeah. But in general, um, 
Ross and his brother continue coming over and hanging out with Kelly and the family. Oh, yeah. So his he doesn't come alone. He comes with his younger brother. Yeah. So it's sort of like mutual chaperoning. Yeah. And everyone seems to like Ross and enjoy spending time with him. We see lots of happy montages of them all hanging out. And it's really cute, I will say. They show uh, Kelly back at the dance studio, and she says that every time she finishes class now, she's excited to go check her phone to see if he sent her an email or if he texted her or sent her a Facebook message. And I'm like, oh, I remember yeah. those feelings. Yeah, and it's so cute with them, like, texting back and forth to each other, which, again, like you said, they're 30-year-olds, but, like, the what they're texting, it's very similar to, like, 14, 15-year-old-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, exactly. Just... How was your day? My day was great. How was yours? You know, and, mm-hmm. you know, I hope. It feels very formal. Like, they're not allowed to, formal. like, let each other get I too look, sweet or too emotional. I love how he's like, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. And she's like, I look forward to, look forward to it too, Ross. And I'm just like, did I just step out of a Jane Austen novel with say, this? Mr. Should we, Darcy. Should we take a stroll around the parlor? Around the parlor? Let us take a turn around the room. We need some air. <laughs> the vapors are going to get to us if we don't. Oh. I did make a note about a later dinner date. Ross is over there with mm-hmm. his brother. But he's playing her his soprano saxophone. And he's actually a pretty good player. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought to myself, watch out, Kenny G. Mm-hmm. Um... That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't even playing it out of the side of his mouth. He was playing it the proper way. I, uh-huh. I wish I, I was in touch with my old band teacher. I would be like, because he always hated the soprano sax. Because uh-huh. he said no one ever really played it the right way. And then I would love to like send him just that clip and be like, I found someone who plays it the proper right way. Proper technique. Proper technique. Holding it, holding it right. His mm-hmm. breath was perfect. Anyway. Um, and while he's playing her, Kelly's voiceover talks about the different roles the man and woman have mm-hmm. in a marriage. And she goes into how she feels prepared that to give up herself when she marries someone. Ugh. And I put WTF. Yeah, what the f- Like, what, when she says give up herself, like, does she mean, like, give up her career, give up... So, and the the quote that's the quote that stood out to me from that is, you know, he will be the leader, and I'm basically giving up the right to have my own rights. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? what? No. And I have to make sure he's the right mm. one in order for me to feel comfortable doing that. And I'm just like, like my eye twitching, like, wait, wait, what? So what? again, it's taking it to the extreme of like, all right, you're not allowed to have any different opinions, and no matter if you stringently disagree with him on something you just have to go with whatever he says because he's the man i do have some Mm -hmm. i will say sarah that i do have some extended family that is very i don't know they didn't necessarily do the christian courtship way Mm -hmm. but they do believe this yeah and they have um they have taken to task how my marriage is and i'm like my marriage is a partnership yeah and i and there are people who take what is described as, you know, the leader and the helpmate very literally. And I look at more like this was all written in a time and in a culture where women were definitely systematically below men. And so we were pr- women were property when the Bible yes, was first written. It was dowries. People were per- like basically bought and sold. Yes. 
And so I think there are a lot of cultural things that weed their way out. So there, I feel like there's just so much cultural stuff from that period in history when the different passages of the Bible were written and collected that the two have almost become indistinguishable of what was a product of that time and what was actually the teaching. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I mean, like, the Bible was literally translated into English in, like, the 1500s. Mm-hmm. Again, a time where women were property. It was to join any sort of lands or, you know, she's betrothed mm-hmm. at like eight years old. And then she goes off to her husband when she's 13. Yeah. Like, it's not, I take certain things with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's just how I feel. Yeah. Anyway. But then, oh, snap, who's hitting it off? Oh, Savannah and Paul, they're becoming close. And as Ron mentions, they're 18 and 13. And if we we keep Uh, this going, by the time they're 25 and 20, they can start their own little courtship. Like 25 and 20 is fine. 18 and 13 is creepy. I don't even know. Like, I couldn't even tell there was like any sort of romantic. It looked like they were just like oh, cool, you're into this, I'm into this too. Yeah, like, and that's part of this too, with courting, and you're not able to really, like, flirt or show any kind of affection like that. It's just... How do you read people? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, and I, again, I've had plenty of friends who had, you know, tried to keep a lot of, you know, physical boundaries while they were dating. I get it. And stuff like that, like, but still, they were still very affectionate, flirty people. Yeah. But it's just, in this context, it's like, I have no idea how to read people whatsoever. So what's the difference between being polite and showing an interest in someone just as a human or a friend versus... And hitting it off. Yeah. And and then even at that point, like Kelly had mentioned, like right before that, that she didn't want to look Ross too much in the eye because she didn't, you know, want to get her heart too invested into it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, she also, you know, he's, that's where she moves into, like, the man is the leader. So, I shouldn't, you know, be staring at him too much. It was weird. And also with all this, too, it makes me think, like, you know, it sounds like maybe these potential suitors are sort of few and far between. So, is it that you're actually attracted to them? Or or you're just excited. Or that you just want them to be so bad? Yeah. That you're just like, please let this be the one. Please let this be the one that please you let like. Please let it work out. Please let it yeah. work out. Yeah. All right. So now we get to the part where Ross is kind of a garbage human. Yeah. So do you want me to describe that? Yeah. Go I wrote ahead. a really good paragraph. So we got to Dawn saying that she was on Facebook and she found a post. It looked like it was back in like 2012 or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. Where Ross was discussing a death of his friend. Um, which tragic, I mean, it was very tragic. So, yes, uh, I'm going to give a basic overview of the story. His friend was killed. Um, his brother was playing with a gun and accidentally shot and killed him, like hit him in the chest Mm -hmm. and he died. But Ross notes that it was God's will for his friend's life to end. 
And then, so Dawn was so angry with that because in her, in her perspective, and I actually feel very, like, I feel very much the same way that she does, Mm -hmm. that there's a big difference between God allowing certain events to happen Mm -hmm. and to draw people near to him and then believing that God causes things to happen. Like, all right, you're going to get shot and boop. And she's like, I don't believe that it was God's will for that young man to put the gun in, like to put the gun in that brother's hand to shoot his brother. And for that mother to have the tragic loss of two of her sons in the same day. And I totally get her perspective. So she says she's done basically done with Ross. And I don't blame her. Yeah. Cause it's basically, he's basically saying that, Oh yeah. It's, it was God's will for this, for and my friend to die. It. Yeah. To die suddenly and violently and God's plan's always good. So therefore this is good. I'm yeah. Like, this is good. And then he's like, cool. and, and towards the end, he's like, and you should not question it. Yes. And um, so she goes and she talks to Kelly about it um, to make sure Ross is aware of her thoughts though. This part got to me that, and it, that, and just know that if you're being, if you're married to him, you would be under his control and his thoughts. So like she gave the analogy of if you're at a funeral, just know that Ross might be like, well, it was God's will that they died. Have a nice day. And you just have to walk with them. You can't defend yourself. And I actually got to really commend Dawn for this because I could very easily in my narrow mindedness assume that she would just be like, Oh yeah, whatever, Kelly, you'll figure it out. Just like, you know, go get your guy or whatever. But she's like, no, you have to really think if yes. this is something that you are on board with. If you're willing to accept exactly. it. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, yes, you're actually like asking her to think deeply about the situation and really decide that, you know, is this something that we can come to terms on or is this going to be a, a dividing breaker. point? Yeah. Yeah. And she also said, you know, you, is this who you want to portray? Mm-hmm. You want this to be le- the person you want. This is how you want your family to be led by, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, Ross and Kelly write back and forth on Facebook about his feelings in that post. Um, Ross initially says he was fine with just leaving the topic as a disagreement Mm -hmm. and they'll just move on further with their conversation. Mm -hmm. And Kelly was like super excited, like, okay, he wants to leave it at that. You know, he was willing to accept me. Mm -hmm. Then we cut to a series of just emails that are popping up on the screen from Kelly to just Ross with the really bad dial up sounds of the internet and all the emails are just like every it's basically if you've ever watched any character spiral on tv where one person's texting or emailing and the other one's not responding it just starts with you know looking forward to seeing you and the next one is you know haven't heard from you in a while dot 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 did you get my last email have you get have you got my last email um you know praying for you let the lord be with you and then just stuff like you know are we okay did i miss something and then at the last second they were they had been planning for ross to come and visit them but ross emails kelly like the day before and saying that he's not gonna be able to come at the last second yeah he says that it's actually um inconvenient for him and his brother to make two trips Uh a week to see kelly and the family 
So that's when Kelly really starts spiraling. Yeah, and I put here, so then Kelly goes completely, like, berserk over analyzing the situation. Yes, and it's poor thing, and it's all so genuine, but again, it's just, we've all been there. She's literally asking all these questions out loud, like, you know, is he just pretending to cancel and he's going to come surprise me? But wait, is he not interested? But he seems interested. Like, what did I miss? And she's just talking at 100 miles an hour. Should I have just agreed with him on what he was saying? Is it about the Ooh. theologically? What if he just decided it's not in his heart? You know, yeah, she's like, and she's crying and you're just like, okay. Yeah, and, and Mr. Ron is going to go get some answers. He's driving in his car and he's going to go meet up with Ross and actually just, you know, talk to him, see what's going on. Yeah, and he act and I thought it was kind of sweet that he actually prays in the van on his way there that, you know, that God will show his will in the situation mm -hmm. that like they will actually have like a good adult conversation about yeah. this. Again, bits and pieces of this and I'm like, "Oh, okay, good. Good. Okay. Go with that." And then there's just all those other stuff. I'm like, mm, "Yeah." No, no. All right. So do you want me to talk about their yes, please. conversation? So Ron just base point blank asked Ross, like, are you not going to see Kelly anymore because of this theological disagreement? Mm -hmm. And Ross basically says he cannot have a disagreement spiritually, meaning like in theology, like about mm -hmm. theology in his marriage. Um, it's okay with a friendship but he can't move forward with this courtship because, because of their differences. And uh -huh. then um, I do like what Ron says next. Like you said, bits and pieces. Ron's like, okay, so let's take a step back. Like this isn't the courtship. Mm -hmm. This isn't like, what if this was regular dating? Mm -hmm. He's like, would you still feel that this is, that it's still God's will that you would feel this way? Mm -hmm. And Ross says he, you know, he kind of sidesteps that. And then he says, well, you know, like, I'm still wanting to be friends with your family. Like, I mm -hmm. had a great time. And then, you know, Ross was like, so can we still hang out? He's like, please, <laughs> Ron's basically like, please don't leave me. And he's like, I need a man in my life. And I wrote, need a bromance. Before they really even start the conversation, I'm like, Ron has a total man crush on Ross. He totally does. He went, it's Gallo. It's Gallo between two guys. And there's nothing weird about it. It's the best song ever. But yeah, I I laugh so hard at this too. So Ron Ron comes in and there's Ross and he gets up and like Ross goes for the handshake and he's like, no, 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 give me a hug. And so they hug and he's like, and Ross Ron literally says, wow, who taught you how to hug? You give the best hugs. And he's just like, I don't even know how to answer this question. Okay, again, like, something um, else I missed. My mom. I, I apparently just have, like, some people have gaydar. I have awkward dar. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to type so fast because there was just so much going Girl, on. Girl, I, I had to pause. I basically I watched it three times because I had to pause and rewind. So I stuff. didn't have a whole lot of time today to pause and rewind, but uh, yeah. But yeah, and it's so, it is so awkward, though, when Ron asks about Ross's intentions because... Ross is seriously just stammering and trying to find the words to say that they shouldn't move forward. Yeah. Like, you can tell that he's just like, okay, like, let's just figure out how to do this. And no, I can't do it. And yeah, yeah he's just, no matter what Ron says, he's just like, nope, sorry, I'm, I'm done. This isn't going to work. Yeah. And then Ron goes back home and mm -hmm. he tells Kelly what Ross says 
Um, and then he says to Kelly that that they'll keep her until she gets married. And then Don kind of makes a side comment that like she might never get married. Yeah, I noticed that. She says it in such a way of like, you know, there should be more that comes after that situation, but she's like, Oh, you might never get married. Pause. Crickets. Crickets. And Kelly's just kinda like, uh huh. Oh. <laughs> Gosh. And then Kelly and, starts crying. And yeah, it's it's clear that Her Kelly is heartbroken. And the sad thing is, like, this is what courtship in her mind was supposed to help protect her from. Yeah. From feeling, you know, attached to someone and then getting her heart broken. But like her stepfather said, eventually you have to get there. Like, you're not going to be able to guard yourself 100% in this. No, not know? at all. And then finally we jump to it's spring and I literally wrote down, is Ron rolling a dead body out of the garage? Oh, first I'm like, what is happening? I'm like, oh, okay, no, it's a telescope. Because it's, it's like all wrapped up and then it has like the two buckles, like almost uh-huh. like a morgue bag. It really does. I'm not kidding. It's like the exact size and shape and everything. And I was just like, what is happening? And a part of me was like, oh, is this going to turn into like a true crime kind of thing? Like, and he murders Ross the end. <laughs> <laughs> but now they pull. You take my Kelly. They pull. <laughs> I so need awful. her out of this house. Um, <laughs> she's not vacuuming right anymore. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. She's not vacuuming right. Okay. Um, yeah. So he pulls out the large telescope. They watch the stars, and then Don goes into this awkward statement of like, "It's all good because they didn't kiss." It's not awkward if Kelly is around Ross because it was just a mere attraction, which I'm it's, just like. It sounds like such a guy thing to say, honestly. I don't know. I was like, it not, she seems pretty, like, heartbroken about it. Um, <sighs> and then we move into Kelly singing Holy Holy, um, that song. And then she, they're showing her dance. And the voiceover while she's dancing is... Uh, she thinks what a woman really wants to know is, am I beautiful? Am I lovable? Could a man love me, want me, or get to know me deeply? And then hmm. could a man really want to keep me? And it's just like, oh, it hits me in my core because like we've all been there. Yes. We've all had those thoughts. No matter what your sex or se- sexual orientation or your gender, it's I can whoever love possibly love me. Accept me for me. Yes. And then, you know, I teared up when she said this because I totally know where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. And she says that, you know, she has found more in her life with her relationship with God than she mm-hmm. ever has with any boyfriend. And I, I get that on a certain level, you know. Yeah. But, and it is good. I, I agree. As a Christian, it is absolutely important to find comfort and faith in something higher and that's what i took it as exactly because if if you put your faith and your value in a relationship or in someone else finding you attractive then you're never going to be happy if you're not with someone and even if you are with someone you're not going to feel happy because you're like wait this was supposed to fulfill me Mm -hmm. and it's not because no person can um, oh. and then we end with some on-screen text. Did you write that down? I did. Okay. It says, 
it's been 10 years since Kelly moved in with the Wrights. And since meeting Ross, there have been no additional suitors. And that's the end. And guess what? I did some Googling. I did too. You go first. I found the updates. Well, from what I found per Facebook is um, I tried to find, like, I would think like five years later, there would be some follow-up information. Yeah. But I, you know, I found what I could on Facebook. And what I found was that she and the Wright family left Michigan in 2018. Mm-hmm. And they actually moved to Hickory, North Carolina. North Carolina! Um, Kelly doesn't appear to have... Um, been married yet and then she's also a dance instructor i won't give the place's name because that's nobody's business mm-hmm. um and it appears that ross has married oh i did not find out about ross i should have done that yeah so ross has married i didn't go further than that i just figured you want to know he and i kind of <sighs> kind of made a joke as i found it that i hope he saved his treasure <laughs> Which is I, 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 I laugh orbs and put them. Together. I laugh just because I I just think of like the euphemism of you know she's saving her flower <laughs> and it's like don't give away the bajango. I just think about the Mad TV with like the Stewart like my danger zone. <laughs> Whenever Matt gets like hit in my crotch by one of the kids, which is like every other day now, I'm like, ooh, they hit you in your power source. Yep. <laughs> I know from, oh God, that one's a good one. My power source. My power source. No. And I, I this is my bitterness coming through. Cause it's like, of course, you know, the guy ends up married. I feel like that's how it always works out where it's like because of how we are our condition our condition the men are usually able to be more proactive and go find someone else whereas women not always but sometimes feel like we're kind of like okay well now I just have to wait for the next person especially if you're taking the route that she is and like actively being not active if that makes sense well and Let's move back to earlier in, like, the first, like, dinner date mm-hmm. where Ross was, when Ron asked about his thoughts on courtship and he was just like, oh, I just, I feel for the, for the women in that because, you know, it all has to be initiated and led by the man. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he, like, found happiness and got married because he is, in by their mindset, is initiating mm-hmm. and starting all of this and follows up with it. And she's just going to waiting there and also to a, where speaking of conditioning i feel like women are conditioned to be much more willing to compromise whereas men it's like nah i can find another one and if it doesn't perfectly hit your checklist i think they sort of had that feeling of like nah i can do better yeah yeah and sometimes they're right unfortunately <laughs> and again it's not that anyone needs a spouse in order to make them complete it no. just really breaks my heart because you can tell that Kelly feels like that's what called she needs to, to be a do. wife and a yeah. mother. And it just really breaks my heart that she feels like this is her life's calling. And at least so far, and she can't fulfill it. She has not been able to fulfill it. And I mean, 40 is not what it used to be, honestly. And that's probably like what age she's starting to approach now. And well, so in the according to Facebook, she's still gorgeous. Yeah, she's still gorgeous. She, I guess she's still living with the rights since they all moved to Hickory. True. Um, but if she was 33 when this movie came out, then she's my age, 38. Okay. Because it was five years ago. Okay. Yeah. So she as hitting that 40 
you know. Mm-hmm. As her mom said when she was down in Alabama, TikTok, that biological clock. Like, if you really want to have kids, mm-hmm. do you want to go this way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just how I feel. So, on that fun note. Yay! That is a courtship. We need to start having, like, ratings on somehow oh, to rate this. So, let's, well, let's kick that off. Would you recommend people watching this? I recommend, yes, I recommend, especially to people who, to like newlyweds, Uh I recommend it to people who are about to have children, boy or girl, Mm -hmm. to watch this so they realize that like the intent is good. Mm -hmm. The follow through, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm kind of on the fence because I obviously got really wrapped up in the people in this but is it the best documentary i've ever seen no no it's not made well no i'm sorry that sounds mean yes but it is a very fascinating topic it's a fascinating topic but i still don't like a lot of the themes in it like talking about like you're not supposed to question god's will like no you're supposed to he even says that in the bible Mm -hmm. like it's okay to question him he may not give you the answer yeah, but you're allowed blindly. To him. Blindly following is not. I don't see anything part of about blindly. But yeah, you hear about trust, trust, but not blindly follow. Here's your free will. Trust in me that I will help guide you. Mm-hmm. Yes, I. I guess maybe I, it was. It, this was actually recommended to me by a coworker mm-hmm. slash friend. Yeah, so. I personally would give it like a six out of ten. I'd give it a five. A five? Okay. I'm middle ground. Interesting. I'm yeah. neutral. Same here. All right. All right. Well, not sure what we're going to be hitting you up with next time yet, but it, it should, should be good. It should be good. All right. Till next time. I'm Sarah Duncan. I'm Pamela walker Dees. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is by Yov Aliagon. Be sure to check out the Motherhood on Tap page on Facebook. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really helps to get the word out about the show. You can subscribe and follow Motherhood on Tap on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most other podcast apps. If you have questions or funny stories, you can email us at motherhoodontap at gmail.com. Partner with us on Patreon.com for special bonus episodes and help keep this podcast and the two of us in business. Till Til next, next time! time.